Hello, my name is Sue Ditta, and this is the Electric City Culture Cast. The Electric City Culture Cast comes to you every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Trent Radio at 92.7 FM. My name is Eva Fisher. I'm the Electric City Culture Council's Program Coordinator, and we have a great episode coming up for you today. We'll be speaking with the Kawartha Potters Guild, Mysterious Entity Theatre, and Theatre Trent. We are delighted to have with us today Karina Bates, the administrator of the Kawartha Potters Guild. For those of you who don't know, Peterborough is lucky enough to have an absolutely beautiful facility for making ceramic arts and an incredible cast and crew of people who make all kinds of things happen there um, in terms of workshops and exhibitions. There's a lovely gift shop and many, many levels of training. Are you a potter yourself, Karina? Yes, I am. I make functional work primarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I like things that can be used and don't have to be dusted off. And do you use the wheel or do you hand build? I am primarily a wheel thrower. So for people who aren't familiar with ceramics, what does it mean to be a wheel thrower? So the wheel uses the principle of centrifugal force to create a vessel, very much like a wood turner would use a lathe to turn a piece of wood. You have a spinning wheel in front of you with a lump of moldable clay. And um, while I don't like to necessarily bring up the idea of ghost, at least it's the one that uh, people think of the most when when you think about pottery on the wheel. Pretty sensual, pretty romantic. Well, I'd consider it more meditative, but (laughs) that's okay. Um, But certainly the idea of having a wheel in front of you, um, that piece of moldable clay... And you're using the spinning wheel to uh, help you uh, push that clay up, pull that clay up and make it into something, whether it's a piece of art or a functional work or both. But it uh, it's probably, it's a decent learning curve. Mm-hmm. Hand building is also a fun practice and, and easier, I think, for people to get into the art of ceramics as a whole. Wheel throwing, there are, there are some certain tricks and it takes, it takes time. To to develop those skills. It it does, yeah. yeah. And do you have different kinds of wheels at the Potter's Guild? We do, actually. Um, We have a number that were donated to us uh, when we first started. And so there are electric wheels. There are human-powered, what are called kick wheels. Mm -hmm. There are different types of electric wheels. But ours are relatively uniform in, in most of their configuration. But we do have uh, one kick wheel at the at the guild. So if anybody wanted to try and and, and Get see back what to it's the roots. and see what it's like, it is a different way of throwing. It is a really oh. different way of throwing. It really is um, it's much slower, mm-hmm. and uh, there is uh, there's something uh, completely different of, uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. And do you have different kinds of clay available? We do. Now, our guild works specifically in cone six, which is a specific temperature Mm -hmm. uh, for firing. And we do that simply because then we do not have the difficulty of having uh, one poor student's work melt in the kiln next to somebody's who didn't, you know, who didn't actually even really start to fire at all. So because of the differences in temperature. So we relegate what temperature we we operate at as a guild. Uh, But there are lots of different clays that you can get in order. that you can mm, fire at that mm -hmm, level. mm -hmm. Clays for for cone six certainly range between bright white and black. All and reds and and sort of buff yellows and things in between. So there are all kinds of colors of clay and then there's the whole science of glaze on top of it and that's a whole different story. 
And that's what gives the shine and the color and the design help, and painting yep. options. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People can carve on clay. You certainly can. You can carve. You can carve through what we call slip. Slip is a uh, clay um, colorant um, that you can paint on top of whatever it is that you have made. And while it is still relatively uh, pliable, you can then use a carving tool and carve through it. So your color of your clay will show through the bottom. Um, and you will get that uh, colored slip on top. However, that inter interacts with the glaze that you choose on top of that. But then you'll have the body of the, the clay itself showing through what you've carved out. And that can be really quite striking. It's just it's just so lovely to, to think about going from that funny little... I, I have thrown mm -hmm. lots. To go from that funny little lump of wet stuff into this beautiful, beautiful, shining object. Mm -hmm. And to get to do it at the Kawartha Potters Guild is a really spectacular experience. It's a beautiful facility. For those of you who haven't been there, I'm going to ask Karina to tell us what, where is it, what does the space look like, and a little bit about the current history of the space. How did you end up there? Okay, so we're currently at 993 Tallwood, which those of you who have been in Peterborough long enough will remember used to be the athletic center in town. We are in what used to be the pool. So we always joke that the, uh, the uh, learning and the throwing is in the shallow end and the glazing's in the deep end because <laughs> glazing's always a completely different science. It's great. Um, so we still have uh, the abundance of windows left from the unit that was the pool, which uh, really is glorious. Um, makes shelving a bit interesting, but the windows, you know, they bring in all that natural light and it's that a, is just, just, just fabulous. It yeah. is. And so we were very lucky to um, find out that the space was for let uh, back in the summer of 2012. And the guild itself was, was having a small existential crisis. We were probably at the lowest numbers of members that we'd been in years. We'd been hopping from organization to organization to rent space and, and have meetings. And that got... That got difficult and it got tenuous. And I mean, anybody who, who uh, is part of a volunteer organization in this town knows that trying to find a rentable space that's continuous, that, that is not going to break your bank, that allows enough space for your members and parking and all those other things, that can be, that becomes really a huge headache. So you're happily situated at Tallwood. We are happily situated Just at Just geographically Park. remind the audience where it is. Sure. Uh, we are, Tallwood is off of Goodfellow, which is just south of Sherbrooke Street, so it's between Sherbrooke and uh, Clonsilla. Now, you mentioned volunteers. So I'm wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit about what makes a guild a guild. How does it work? A modern guild is certainly different from a medieval guild. A uh, medieval guild was certainly more intended to be a place where people learned the craft until the point where they could master it themselves if they ever got to that point. A modern guild is more of a community organization. People of like mind, whatever craft it is that they are doing, whether it's wood turning or spinning or weaving or, or ourselves with ceramics, get together and try and uh, learn from each other, mm -hmm. uh, try and bring in um, other notable persons of the same craft to talk to us about what it is they do, give us workshops, that kind of thing. Being part of a guild in a modern sense is... Um, the ability to learn more about the craft that you want to do, maybe participate in uh, exhibitions or shows and sales along that line of, of whatever your craft might be. Um, 
And uh, certainly, um, we are part of the Artisan Center of Peterborough, which comprises also the woodturners, the spinners and weavers, and the Gourd Society. And we um, are finding that having interactions between guilds has been really quite fascinating too. Really so good have catalyst. Yes, yeah, you get a you get a lovely serendipity of of artistic uh, inspiration coming from the different guilds working together. So that's really quite cool too. Fantastic, and all in that gorgeous site. Mm-hmm. So I'm an aspiring. Um, ceramic artists, how do I join the guild and what kind of programs could you offer me? So first of all, to come to classes at the Kawartha Potters Guild, you do not need to be a member. We offer classes for the public. We offer everything from simple um, one and a half hour or two hour one day classes uh, for people who just want to get their fingers wet and want to figure out what it's all about. Things from uh, girls night out or bring a friend or family day if you want to bring uh, the family to the to a class uh, to um, four to eight week long sessions where you can get your hands wet on the wheel and figure out everything you get to learn how to throw it you get to learn how to trim it you get to learn how to decorate it you get to learn how to prepare it for for glazing and firing and all those kind of things so you get the ve- you get the full process and um, it, certainly if you want to become a member you certainly can but it is not essential for for taking classes and do you have classes and workshops at different skill levels? Yes, we do. We offer, currently we offer three classes for wheel throwing primarily at what we would consider to be a beginner level. We offer uh, one class at an intermediate level, one class at a more advanced level, and we have two hand building classes which tend to be sort of all levels wrapped into one. It's quite fine to be a beginner in that class. Terrific. And so, like, do they run for six weeks or We generally or? We generally try eight-week classes. Eight weeks, okay. Um, we don't have a problem with prorating the classes, so if you can't come to, to all eight, we'll prorate you down to seven or six or, or whatever. That depends on, on our current attendance rate. If, if it's a popular class, then we may say you may not want be able to do that this time. But and what's the price range? The full eight classes is $290 plus tax and that includes obviously paying for your teachers all your materials and all the firings. That's a fantastic deal. The Kawartha Potters Guild on Tallwood where do I go to get more information? You could go to our... We are so thrilled to have M Glasspool with us today star of stage in many capacities and artistic director at Mysterious Entity Theatre. M. How are you doing today? I am. I'm great. I'm so thrilled that you guys are doing this. I'm happy to be here. Em, are you a Peterborough person? Born I, and brought up here? I no, not at all. But at this point, so I came in 1994. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I have to just say, yeah, like, really. You feel Peterborough now? That's what is that? 24 years? Yep. Yeah. Did you go to Trent? I did. I came in 1994. Trent University, full scholarship. Can I just say that? Yes, and congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and did you study theatre at all? No, I basically almost blew that full scholarship that I had to keep at 80% average to get because I got into the theatre ah. and the union and almost didn't make that third year that I basic BA because I was off downtown playing in bands. And, you know, it's got been the ruin doing, of doing many a poor artist. It has, it has. I got that BA, but it took me about five years to get that last Well, you got her done. Minute. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I think of you primarily as being involved with Mysterious Entity Theatre, but I know you've had a life with Theatre Trent as well. 
Um, you make the best cocktails, and ha and you make me personalized cocktails almost at any bar you're at, which I've Thank always you. loved. Yes. But your real passion is is the theater. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the early history of Mysterious Entity and what your role was? Yeah, I just kind of celebrated with the Market Hall, recognizing their 20-year celebration, and I realized actually it's our 18 our first show was 18 years ago at market hall so it's been that long um what was that show that was true west so at the very very beginning mm. mr sandy was martha cockshot and i a partnership and i owe her almost everything that i know about theater the, the very basic things that i learned from her without even realizing what i was being taught i, I mean i can't i can't tell you how much I learned from Martha, Martha Cockshut. Martha Cockshut, for those of you who don't know, um, definitely yeah. a Trent graduate yeah. Yeah, and a designer, an absolutely spectacular right. costume and set designer. I think particularly, I think people will remember about our early shows, um, we did sort of classics with a twist. That was our first idea. Many of us worked at Fourth Line. We were paid to work at Fourth Line in the summer and we wanted to have a project in the winter. So that's we the Fourth no Line idea. Theater Fourth Company? Fourth Line Theater, yes. We were, I was an actor at that time. I was 22 at the time of True West, and Martha Cockshut was a designer, and we thought we had no money, no funding. We, we put together this show. I don't know what I thought. I it's thought True I could West do this Sam as Shepherd. a director. Sam Shepard. I had Jim Gleason and Matt Gilbert, Brad Brackenridge, and June Whiteman, hmm. who is no longer with us. She was 83 years old. And what a Incredible. Team. Yes, and so I learned you know, so much from Martha, and the thing was, we had absolutely no money, and Martha, uh, what people remember about those early shows was the design, incredible sets, and costumes people would be wearing, five, six, seven different costumes, and, uh, y you know, she did that with about $102 that we had oh, at the time. She's a miracle worker. Yeah, so since moving from that, anyway, so That was at the Market Hall? The market Hall, and we would, and we put, put together these sort of volunteer shows, and then soon I realized, actually, this is what I want to be doing, this is my focus, that... The, the directing, um, and soon after that, we I realized I wanted to be making original work. Um, so a, a few years later, we actually did start getting um, funding from the OIC to do original work, and we haven't really looked back. We That's our total focus now. You know, so you applied yeah. for grants from the Ontario Arts Council, yeah. and you have a great track record there. Amazing track record with them, so at least over 10 years um, getting funding from them. We've 10 years now getting funding from the city, investment funding, and... And now I'm very happy to say, uh, can I say regular funding from the Canada Council? I don't know, but... Congratulations. Uh, several several grants from them as well, especially for our, our latest project. So, so I know you worked with Martha, and then a couple of the plays, it seemed like there was kind of a collective there with the Sue Newman and right. Sue Spicer. So Martha Cockshut and I were the, with that, and then we realized we need... We're actually kind of, oh my goodness, we better get a bank account, we better get an advisory um, committee, and then that became the board. And this board, um, Susan Newman, Jill Walker, Kate Story... Um, Sarah McNeely, Diane Latchford were, I don't know, it was 10 years that they sat on this board. You mm -hmm. know, people are supposed to do two-year terms. And they carried the, the company just, you know, year after year doing extra, extra, extra. Joined then by Esther Vince and now Mary Polito, Linda Cash. Now that is our board. Esther, Mary, and Linda are the current board. Um, but that team, for years and years and years, not only were the board, they were, they were performers, they were artists fundraisers i mean you name it they so they, they help set vision and direction and they raise money yeah. and do planning absolutely and, and i think i think now i'm in a place where i've i've done so much training and learning but at that time i can't stress enough that you know i, I was green i was 20 i was so you know to be able to work with those senior artists and the things that i learned 
Susan Newman, like the bookkeeping, she t literally taught me how to keep books for free. You know, like she t I now do that. I know how to, you know, you do quick books. Exactly. I know how to write grants. I know how to, and artistically to huge, like to work with all those sort of senior artists and, and have those experiences. And now to be sort of beyond Peterborough too, now that to be, to be able to work with, I, I'm not exaggerating to say some of the best artists in Canada. And, and that, that stemmed from that early support that I was able to, to get from, from people like you name it, all these people in Peterborough, like uh, like Martha, Bill Campbell, Kate Sorry. Um, so this know. is this is a Peterborough success story, yeah. um, where everybody in the community helps each other, and people build skills and transfer that skill, those skills and knowledge, yeah. and work across disciplines and across theater spaces. And well, even yourself, we, we were we were wise enough in about the mid range of our growth to get Ontario Trillium funding. You yourself came in and helped us a bit with, you know, right. did a bit of governance and planning. Here's yep. what a board needs, you know, you guys, to to have some structure and to 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 have some organization and all that stuff was huge and we've carried that to keep and us. I going. love it that you bring up Sue Newman because she's such an extraordinary singer mm, and composer it. and actor, and I really think most arts organizations in town would be bankrupt except Sue makes us stay on the financial straight and narrow as our bookkeeper. She, she literally taught me how to make a budget. For Fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Sounds S simple, but it's not. It's not. A lot no. of people don't uh, you have to check that. and double check and cross check. <laughs> and yeah. and that's the that's the hard nuts and bolts sides of, of doing theater. It's okay. it's not all the creative stuff and you've mastered both sides of it. Can you tell us a little bit about the projects you're working on right now? I would love to, especially right now. Um, so Requiem is a show that is um, sort of under... Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm emailing back and forth with Thompson Highway every day. So to me, that's a, a huge honor. He's a, you know, an amazing playwright, but he's, he's killing me because he's my sort of mentor for the... For, and again, uh, funded by the Canada Council, a professional development grant for me in particular to develop the script ready to move into the, into the production. It's a... Requiem is a show that I have written and performed, directed by Linda Cash, with mentorship from Thompson Highway and the script section designed by Andy Morrow, incredible lighting designer, an amazing team. What's Requiem? And I'm going to tell you W-R-E-C-K... W-E-E-M, <laughs> yeah. as an yes. E-M. So because my name is M, so it, there's strong elements of autobiography mm -hmm. in there. It, um, it talks about personal experiences mm -hmm. I, I dealt with of, of mental illness mm -hmm. and trauma and childhood. So there's a lot of sort of t hot topics and like touchy f kind of topics in there about, about a sort of painful experience. Um, and then I work with all my craft. I, I think people are going, are you okay? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm an actor. I'm an artist. And I've used this craft that I have to really lift me and push me out of that time mm -hmm. and also make a play. Like it's, it is a play, you know. Is it a one-hander? Absolutely, yeah. It's just me on stage. Congratulations. Uh, the yeah. And it's, um, and anyway, so I just got to tell you what Thompson, one, only one of the exercises he had me do, he's, he said, I really love, you know, I love the play. He, he identified 13 different themes that really stuck out to him. Wow. 13 different things that he really grabbed onto. You know, metaphors are things that, re that really resonated with him. 13 particular things, water, uh, pirates, different things that he resonated with. He said, you will write the play in its entirety. 13 different times, each time with that one thing Fame. taking over, like being really the main, just constantly referring to that. It's an incredible amazing, exercise. Amazing. Incredible. Oh, yeah, so much work. What, what number are you on now? 
two. Number two. <laughs> okay. Just good. in case there's somebody who doesn't know who Thompson Highway is, award-winning Indigenous Highway, indig yeah. playwright, um, uh, arguably one of the best musician, playwrights in Canada, just extraordinary person. So, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten back to him. I'm working on a musical and an opera, and, a, and I'm having a friend with a play. And a bit. He, he's constantly working. He wouldn't have to. He doesn't. He doesn't have to, but he does. And that kind of that kind of work, I think a lot of people. I don't want to write a second, third draft. He told me he would never put a play on unless it was a, he would never put it anywhere for anybody to see unless it was at least a ninth, tenth, eleventh draft as a workshop. And this exercise, of course, will help me focus. What you know? What's the most important story I need to tell? Mm -hmm. What are the elements? No one's going to see any of those thirteen drafts, but when it comes to the final draft, I'll have all that as an actor, as a oh, writer. It'll shine through. Yeah. You know. So just You've again, been working with Linda you know, Cash, the actress. Another amazing, mm -hmm. and also I did work. I have worked with her now as a director, an incredible director, just absolutely intuitive, mm -hmm. and the best, maybe the best director I've ever worked with. Wow. So again, congratulations. Amazing yeah. When do you think we'll see the production? Okay, it's booked at Market Hall, so you'll see it May first, uh, second, third, and fourth at the Market Hall. May first, second, and third at the Market oh, Hall. Am I right? Second, third, and fourth, and second, on the fourth, fourth. So that's a Friday. There's two shows: one at two and one mm -hmm. at eight. At two o'clock, we're doing something because we're interested in disability activism and and you know, especially we're talking about mental illness, but also disabilities and and art. You know, disability artists as well as just the idea of a, an accessible space. We want to do something called a relaxed run, something we haven't really seen relaxed a lot performance, of in, yep. in Peterborough. So the idea is, you know, you can come to that space. If you're not somebody who feels comfortable sitting in a seat, maybe um, artistic, or you maybe you feel the need to come up and, and touch me as a performer, or feel the set, or move around in your seat, you can do that during this run. Yep. So pay what you can. It's completely accessible. And we're going to really open that up to community organizations I work with, the deaf, the blind, and we really want to, Really make that a celebration of all of our, of all of our communities. This and giant quotation marks, abled communities, and artists, and um, members of the community to enjoy that performance. EC3 is sponsoring a series of workshops on relaxed performances awesome. for for different companies yeah, in the spring. That um, time to get coming out further of than just a ramp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think uh, the work of the British Arts Council. They're Amazing. they're doing that. Yeah. Ticket yeah. prices are pretty reasonable. Always, always. There's a pay what you can option. Very good. So fifteen dollars or pay what you can for Requiem. We have a couple other shows in the works this year. I'm working right now on a grant for a new show called Love of a Man. That will be directed by Linda Cash. I'll be working on movement. Bo Dixon and a young new actor uh, representing youth named Jonathan Sharp. Uh, Rob Fortin will be working on music. Argentinian playwright. It talks about his life in Argentina. Of course, you know, 1976 people who were homosexual the coup were literally you know killed, tortured. So f imagine him looking and um, back on his life and reflecting. Mm -hmm. So that's his story that he's bringing to us. And we're going to talk about what's it like in Canada and the perspectives. It's going to be amazing to bring that work and work cross-culturally and what we can learn from him, what he can get out of get finally getting his work to another country. That will happen in October. I'm working on an adaptation of Shakespeare, looking at the sort of madness and, and angst within relationships in Shakespeare. Um, I'm calling that Air They Shall Make Us Weep. Script Club, uh, first Wednesday of every oh month. yeah, tell us about Script Club. Everybody can come. Anybody who's working on a play, doesn't matter if it's And that's at the finished. Trend at Trail, right? At Trail, at the Trend, first Wednesday of every month. It's totally free. What time? Come around 7, the readings start at 7.30. Okay. Actors who want to just try to read something, come and we'll put you in it. Okay, and if you have a script in development, you Send can bring it. Send it to me. It doesn't matter if you've got one page written on a napkin or a okay. fully finished play. It doesn't matter if you just want to hear something. Script M. Club. Glass, cool, mysterious entity, you're a force to be reckoned. 
working with. We're delighted we're, we're doing that, it. to have you in the studio Thank and you. really grateful that you're here in Peterborough. Thank you so much. Uh, Keep up you. your good work. You too. It's my great pleasure to welcome to the studio this afternoon Amy Cummings. Amy is a board member of Theatre Trent, which some of you will know is the student theatre organization on the campus of Trent University. Theatre Trent is important, I think, Amy, not only because it's a really vital and exciting extracurricular activity at Trent, but it plays a, a really critical role in connecting theatre studies at Trent and connecting people who are interested in and engaged with theatre both on the campus and in the community. Can you tell us exactly what Theatre Trent is? Uh, well, Theatre Trent uh, is a student levy group that's dedicated to um, funding and supporting theatrical endeavors in the Trent community. So you don't have to be a theater student or a cultural studies student to um, get funding. Uh, you could be a science or a business student, and there's some a little project that maybe you've been thinking about. Uh, so I'm just going to interrupt you for oh, one yeah. quick second. What's a student levy group? A student levy group is um, a, a group or um, a club that gets funding from the student body. So within your tuition, there's a small fee that you pay towards Theatre Trent. Uh, and some levies you can get back and some you can't. Uh, we are a very old levy. Uh, I hear one of the oldest, uh, late 60s, early 70s we are established. So we're locked in. Uh, so use that money. <laughs> So that's great. So that means that every year, Theatre Trent can count on a certain amount of money flowing in. And then how do students get involved and how do plays get produced? Well, we have three funding deadlines, October 1st, February 1st, and May 1st. Uh, to apply for funding, you go to our website, uh, theatretrent.wordpress.com. On there, there's an application. Very simple budget, we ask you uh, and we also ask you to describe your project, uh, who will be involved, where you're going to put it on. Do you need costuming? Do you need rehearsal space? Uh, if so, how much? Uh, and maybe we can give you that much. Um, and you uh, hear within two weeks after the deadline if you got funding or not. Uh, so it's a very fast process. So who decides what plays get funded? Uh, there's a board. Uh, it is comprised of five to eight people. Uh, right now it's sitting at five. Uh, and they're community members and also current students of Trent. And on a typical year, how many plays get produced? I've been on the board for about three years. And I would say that it's been growing every year. We probably fund between eight and 12 projects each deadline. So, every deadline. That's yeah. fantastic. So that's like 36-something plays yeah, every year. Yeah, projects, yep. Theater projects, yeah. okay. And where would we see the plays? Some are done at Trent. Uh, some are done with the Theater on King. T-T-O-K. Yeah, T-Talk. Uh, and it's at 159 King Street, and it's uh, behind the back. Uh, and it's a black box theater. And uh, Ryan Kerr, who also is on the board, is the general manager, the artistic director of the space, and uh, gives a great deal to Theatre Trent uh, for students to come in and explore and use that space and there. And really anywhere you want to put it on will we'll we'll help you put that space on. Market Hall is a space that gets rented. Okay. Show Place, the Gordon Best. What kind of plays have happened recently? 
Uh, well, there's quite a variety of plays uh, that we fund. Big musicals like um, American Idiot has been funded. Corn uh, Cord Wainer, I believe, is the company that put that on. Uh, we've done some stuff with Arts for Awareness. Amber Coast is a company that's just been growing lately. Uh, they did a show at the Gordon Best, and then their next one was at the Market Hall. Uh, so I love to see that kind of growth. Uh, we had a great festival put on this year, the Precarious Festival uh, here in Peterborough, and Theatre Trent helped fund that. Really, if you have an idea and passion, we will help you. Uh, so if you want to put on a one-man show, uh, which... You know, Josh Butcher put on a one-man mm -hmm. show. Charlie Pet just put on a show there. Mm -hmm. um, Hillary Ware does clowning. Wes Ryan and the poetry, they've come and slammed there. It's a great little space where you can explore and uh, have the opportunity to fail. So that's at the Theatre on King. All of these projects supported by Theatre Trent. Theatre Trent gets its funding through a student le levy. And one of the most exciting things, and I think really valued things about Theatre Trent is that it supports students on campus, but it also supports live theatre production in the community. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Amy. What has your role been in some Theatre Trent productions? The first production I did, like, in conjunction with Theatre Trent would have been uh, with the Anne Shirley Theatre Company. And they, they tend to do musicals more? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did Legally Blonde with them. Oh, fun. So that was lots of fun. Uh, then I did some projects at the at uh, Talk, little one acts. Uh, and then I got the courage to apply myself and, and uh, put on Rocky Horror uh, with the Motley Collective, and that was a, a lot of fun. Okay, so people can come in at any of those three deadlines during the year, go to the website, look for the deadlines, get out and see Theatre Trent Productions because some of the most important theatre people, um, certainly in Peterborough, and I'd be willing to argue in Ontario, cut their teeth on Theatre Trent Productions, <laughs> including people like Larry Lewis and Bill Kimball. Amy Cummings, thanks for coming in today to talk to us. Thank you, Sue Ditto. And that's all for this week's episode of the Electric City Culture Cast. My name is Sue Ditta, and I'm the Executive Director of EC3. That's the Electric City Culture Council. We broadcast every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. through the facilities of Trent Radio at 92.7 on your FM dial. The Electric City Culture Council is supported by a number of organizations, and we'd like to say thanks for the generous support from the City of Peterborough, the Ontario Trillium Foundation, the Ontario Arts Council, and Canadian Heritage. We'd also like to thank our board of directors and volunteers and the great people at Trent Radio who made this broadcast possible.